elect. We are mm. followers of Jesus Christ, which means we have been adopted into the family of God. So we're no longer orphans, if you mm-hmm. want to think of it that way. And then in that process, we've been invited into a family and into a family comes the notion of this is where home is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. This is a podcast that encourages you, challenges you, and comes alongside you in your journey of faith. But ultimately, it's a journey you have to do the work on yourself. We can't do it for you, but we're here to help you along the way. And my name is Jesse Mayer. I will be your host, and we cannot do the Salty Pastor Podcast without a salty pastor. So we have brought on one of our favorite salty pastors, Pastor Harvey Friesen. How are you? <laughs> Good, Jesse. Good to be with you guys. Uh, good to be with you this morning, and um, uh, yeah, we're right in the middle of summer, and we are studying the Word of God, have been doing at the movies uh, for quite a long period of time during the summer, and now we're going to transition into something where we're studying finding your way home, Yes, and what it means to actually find your place where you belong. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that this weekend. And so there's a little bit of a transition and a little two-week mini-series here that Pastor Harv is going to do. Okay. And so, yeah, glad to be with you. Yeah, I'm excited for this because I think just now, and my understanding is we're studying the books, book of Exodus as we're doing this, but um, the Bible has such beautiful things to say when we're, we're kind of transitioning into a new time or a new place, right? When we're yeah. leaving some time in our life, you know, maybe it's going into adulthood, we're leaving childhood behind, maybe we're going from singleness into marriage, maybe we're going from a pandemic into a new version of what our normal is, you know, the from sure. lockdown to something else. And it has all of these beautiful things to say when we're going through those transitions. So I think this series in as a two week ser- series is really going to be very powerful for, for everyone who hears it, because we're all kind of going, okay, it, we're moving on to the next thing. COVID still exists. It is not by any means gone, but we're moving into what the new standard of normal is. Well, we're learning to live with it, right? right. And we're, we're learning to go make our way. And, you know, it's sort of those things when you're walking down the hallway at school and, the, you know, and you're a little kid and the line stops and you bump into the person in front of you, that's going on. We've had some bump ins because people move at different paces and space and all of that kind of thing. And, uh, if you think about it, kind of remember when we did at the movies a few weeks ago, we did at the movies with the Patriot. And during that time, I studied into, or we studied as a church, Exodus chapter 18, where Jethro came and and mentored uh, uh, Moses. Moses. Exactly. Yes. And in that mentoring moment, he actually laid out a process of how to move the ball forward. He said, you've done really great things. Now, how do we move forward? And then mm. he you know, we talked even about the fact that Israel was a startup nation, if you will. They were starting up. And so we're going to get back into that story a little bit. We're going to do a little out of Exodus 14. We're going to do it. We're going to touch the high points of 14, 15, 16, and 17. Don't be worried, everybody. It's not all in one sermon, but we're just going <laughs> to touch over those kinds of things, kind of like lay out the story. But what I kind of think is interesting is we did Exodus 18. And you know how you go to movies and when you're at the movie, it tells you something and then it comes in and it says six weeks earlier right well so we're going to the we're yeah, doing the flashback we're gonna flashback exactly so we're gonna fill in the story and chapter 14 is really the beginning of that story because the Egyptians have let go the 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 Israelites 
Mind you, they were there for 400 years, so they didn't necessarily even know to call themselves Israelites, although they knew they were Hebrews and that they, they had a Jewish root and a history, okay? So, okay. so, so there's, it's a very interesting thing because they're leaving, and you all know this feeling. I mean, Jesse and I, when you know we were kids in the backseat of the car, it's like, where are we going? Are we there yet? Well, mm -hmm. that's a human condition. I don't care whether you're walking through the desert or you're, in, you know, somebody sitting in the backseat of a car right now having a podcast driving to Oregon, right? right. So, so that goes on in all this. So we're going to look into that this week. Okay. So our, our series is titled Finding Your Way Home. So we're going to be talking about a group of people that were homeless, I guess. I mean, they oh, were totally. out in the wilderness, right? So well, yeah. we're, we're kind of talking about this time of transition and really finding that new sense of home. It's more than even just, they. it wasn't the fact that they didn't have houses that made them homeless. It was that they didn't really have a nation or a place to call their own. They didn't belong home. anywhere. They didn't belong anywhere and they hadn't created you know, there's a difference between a house and a home. And, yeah. and we're, this isn't titled finding your way to your house. I mean, if people right. are moving to Idaho, they will find that it is very hard to buy a house right <laughs> exactly. now. So yeah. that is not what this series is about. We're talking about finding your home. Or finding yeah. And if I could even, yeah, I know everybody moving to Idaho has struggled about finding a home. In fact, I mean, I was just in Denver. I mean, for, I live in Idaho and I can't find a home. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. So so there, there's, uh, and maybe we use the word house, house there. Yeah, yeah. House, so I was just in Denver the same calamity is going on there. I mean, there's just this, there's nothing available, right? And when there is available, it's extremely expensive and inflation and all the things. But, but let's touch back on what you said here. And I, I think this is something important. I want to lay out a, this is like at the early part of the podcast, let me give you a life principle that's so extremely important. The life principle is this, is, is that we don't define the Bible by our words or our culture or our understandings. We let the Bible define our lives and our culture and our understandings. We are mm. followers of Jesus Christ, which means we have been adopted into the family of God, so we're no longer orphans, if you mm -hmm. want to think of it that way. And then in that process, we've been invited into a family, and into a family comes the notion of this is where home is. Okay, so But you, you said something interesting I think is important. Let's, let's think about the Israelites for just a moment. They, were, they weren't, when they were in Egypt, houseless, they had houses, right? They were mud, mud houses, uh, mainly. And then, uh, then they left off to go into the desert and they had tents and they caravan and anybody who's ever seen a, a movie, you know, Lawrence of Arabia or whatever you, you understand Bedouin culture, they had tents and camels and whatnot, and they had a few things with them. They didn't have the full accoutrement of going across the desert, but you got to remember it was only a two week journey. So they were thinking it was, it was only supposed to be two weeks long. <laughs> yeah, Gilligan's Island. It was a three-hour tour, right? And here we have a you know a series built off of it. I think this is something that is an extremely important principle that the Bible gives us that we need to we that would it really benefits us when we get it. Time happens not according to our plan. Time. Mm. They thought it was a two-week trip. It turned into a forty-week journey. And there were some important things that happened along the way. This this weekend, we're gonna I'm gonna put up for you a map that shows you the route of the Exodus and what it looked like, and you you'll see where they went and how they went, and you'll actually notice that when they took off, they didn't go the easiest route. 
Mm. Okay. And so, so here's a couple of principles. Principle number one, we do not let the culture define how we understand the Bible, but that's a hard discipline to do. We only look through our own eye sockets, right? So I only see what I see and, and, and how I see is filled with all the experiences I have and the background I have. If you're frustrated when you're reading the Bible, one of the things that creates a lot of that frustration is we read it through our lens, trying to force it to see the world the way that we see it. And if we've not been in Christ, we're trying to force a non-Christian worldview. And I know that the podcast deals a lot with Christian worldview. We're trying to force a non-Christian worldview to fit into a Christian worldview, and, and it doesn't work. And it creates a lot of biblical frustration. Some of you have said, okay, I'm going to read the Bible this year. And you start out reading the Bible and you're like, I have no context, idea, understanding. Part of that frustration sometimes is we want the Bible to conform to us rather than us conforming to it. That's a key, mm. important thing. Then from there, let's, let's think about something. Let's just use, can I, let me illustrate that. Okay. So our culture knows very well the word homelessness, okay? It's been a malady that's been for a long, long time, but it's it really heightened during COVID. A lot of people lost their homes. A lot of people don't have a place, or they lost their houses, if you want to put it that way. So they're, they're, they don't have a place to domicile is kind of the word. Let's think about that for just a second. We do have, there is a homelessness scenario going on, but I'd like to flip it for just a second. And, and what I would say is we have a houselessness uh, problem going on. We have for a long time had a homelessness problem. Mm. And I would even suggest that we might be a nation of homeless people. And let me, let, me, let me show you what I mean by that, is all the revolution that happened post-World War II was a redefinition of family. We started, post-World War II, the, the role of women in the family changed, how they worked. I mean, they had to, you know, Rosie the Riveter, right? Mm -hmm. And we had all that work going on. And the work-home dynamic changed a lot. And what's important is, is that that dynamic started to change dramatically. And you get to the 60s, this great big upheaval. You have social, uh, sorry, you have civil rights at the beginning of that that carried all the way through. And then after that, you had a complete social paradigm change in the idea of the value of a biblical family. Interestingly enough, the church responded with youth ministry. Youth ministry was born out of this notion that children no longer go to their parents to look for guidance and direction into their lives. During that period of time, we had the war, we had uh, uh, Vietnam going on, a lot of things that were happening, and social resets that that went along with all that. And and what I would say is, we have a fifty year homelessness issue in that the home started to not be a place of a home. It became just a house, mm. right? And anybody old enough to hear this podcast would remember the phrase, and Jesse, you're probably too young for it, is, is latchkey kids, right? The notion of a latchkey kid was is that you went to school with a key to your house. Well, the earlier generations never went to a school with a key around their neck or a key in their pocket or a key in their little backpack. It's because someone was waiting there for them. Mm. That changed. And then you had latchkey kids. And what happened was, I'm not blaming anything. And, and please, if your cultural paradigm, if you're hearing me go, man, you know, you're beating up on different people and how they live their life. Not talking about them. I'm just talking about socially what's gone on is that we have become a, a, a place where we have houses but we may have not been building homes. Mm. And the biblical call is to build a home. Let's think about the people from uh, uh, the Israelites for just a second. So they get set free. Now you have this 
fatherly kind of figure, Moses, who leads them out there. We get into chapter 14. They're leading out there. The, the Pharaoh and his people decide that they're going to run off and, and leave them. Um, sorry, uh, they're not going to just let them leave. And there's an interesting verse in chapter 14. It says, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel. And listen how it ends, Jesse, who had left with fists raised in defiance. We don't, we don't ever really think about that part of the story oftentimes. I mean, when they left, right, they were saying, see? And I think Pharaoh was looking at him going, I know what's out there. <laughs> you have nothing out there. you got right. homes and huts and food and all those kinds of things. You're in the Nile Delta. You're in the land of Goshen, right? Remember, God kept them separated, even didn't let them intermingle. They stayed out in the land of Goshen, which was the fertile area. They worked the ground, and there was water and provision. Now they're going out there and they raise their fist. And as they're on their way out, I think Pharaoh's saying in his heart, yeah, you have no idea what you're about to face. You're houseless now. It's like when uh, you get the, my brother actually went through this where he turned age 16 and had some middle child issues and was like, I'm moving out. And he left. And then the first time he moved out, he was back within a week or two because it's really hard out in the world, especially when you're, a minor, but like, that's kind of what Pharaoh's doing. He's like, okay, fine. You go have your petulant little moment. Right. You'll come back probably. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. That's what are you thought. gonna do when you hit the water? Right. Cause yeah. think about this too. Pharaoh knew which way he was, they were going. So Pharaoh's not an idiot. He's looked at a map. He realizes they're not going along the coastal route. They're actually going inland a ways and there's a body of water there. How are they going to get across that? So I think Pharaoh was, was doing that. And I think that's why it says in the scripture, God hardened his heart. I think what God did was that God spoke into his heart. And one of the biggest ways that God speaks into the heart of a non-believing world, and I'm not saying that God, uh, sorry, I should say one of the biggest reactions that a non-believing world has to God when they have a sense that God isn't moving in their life is paranoia. Mm. Now, I wasn't there. We don't have it in the text, but I have the sense that the way his heart was touched was he got paranoid. Someone said, uh, okay, uh, I know that you think they'll come back. I'm like, Who, who's going to tend the fields now? Mm. He looked around and went, we don't have anybody who knows how to do that. We don't have that skill set. We don't have that, that, that set of people that know how to do this. Oh, shoot, what are we going to do, right? So, I, I mean, there's that part where the parent says, okay, great, yeah, just move out, go do your own thing. But then they also think, well, what okay, if he – dies or gets abducted or kidnapped or whatever right Well, the parent the parent heart i don't think pharaoh had a parent heart for him i think he had a slave master heart and a slave master heart was my workforce just walked Mm. right ironically post-covid a lot of that companies and corporations have had a modality where they've lost a lot of their workforce. I, I just saw, read something about the travel industry where 70% of the people have come back who had those skill sets, but it takes on average 115 days to recertify a pilot to get back into a seat. So when your plane got canceled or your flight got canceled or whatever, you go, well, why can't you just ramp up? It's 150 days. So it's over three months to get a pilot re-ready and then think this out if you're, if you're the company. How many times do you recertify that pilot at what cost only to have COVID, COVID, uh, COVID variant B.5 now and B.6 now and B.7? So companies are trying to figure out, and it's not as easy as it sounds. Pharaoh had that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So in this world, we, we pick that up. Now, now you get to the water, and this is a couple of important things that people don't realize. They get to the water, and Moses has his moment. 
See, because now you have a leader and, and those of you who are those you moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas out there, uh, even aunts and uncles, when you're the leader in a home, leader in a home, you also have that moment where you say to yourself, where am I leading them? Mm. Where are we going? What are we like? You know, I've said it several times. I mean, the little freezing thing is we pray together, play together, stay together, right? So we want to be the people that have a modality that we seek the face of God together, we do things together, and we stick together, right? Well, Moses has his parenting moment out there, and in, in Exodus 14, 16, it says, uh, here's what God tells him to do. So again, God's leading him the leader of these people who are leaving. Pick up your staff, raise your hand over the sea, divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Now, think this out for a moment. Parents especially, right? One of the hardest parts of leading from moving from building a house or having a house that becomes a home is he tells Moses to raise his hand up with the staff uh, in that in, in that, and raise your hand over the sea. So he says, hold up the staff and hold up your hand. Now, 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 think about this for a second. I mean, when, Jesse, I don't know when, if this happened when you were in school, but we used to raise our hand in school, right? right. And then they would call on you, yes. you know? And, and well, what it does is it sets you apart and everybody sees a hand go up and they all go, hey, wait, what's going to happen? Mm. Well, Moses, his leadership credibility was on the line when they're leaving to, remember, we got a bunch of houseless people now. We got a bunch of people out here. They don't have any food. Every, you know, I, and this is one of my little lines. You know, Doug has his little Harveyisms, right? Mm -hmm. One of my lines is, "Everybody's a revolutionary until their wife asks, what are we doing for dinner?'" <laughs> and that's exactly the moment we're in here now, right? Where they're like, "We got to the sea, and it's like, okay, now what?" And it's like, "Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. What do we do?" So he says to Moses, "You're going to go out even on a greater limb. I'm going to have you raise your hands." And that means the people are going to go, something's going to happen. And here's what had to have been in the heart of Moses. What if nothing happens? Mm. What if nothing happens? And I would say to you that a lot of us parents, I think a lot of people that moved to Idaho, a lot of people that have left Idaho, a lot of people in the great sort where the country's kind of reshuffling itself, here's this weird feeling. You get there, and now what? Mm. Now what? Right? And, and we see it happen all the time. You get here and you go, now what? I mean, let, let's say that first, first house that someone's buying, they buy that house, they move in, it's empty, they can hear an echo in their own house, or that first rental apartment you move out to, you know, or maybe let's go to the 16-year-old who says, I'm out, mm -hmm. and then they move into a place and they've got just enough money to rent a, a shared room with four other people. And they're laying there in their bed going, now what? Mm. Moses has his now what moment. And I think every human has their now what moments. I think we all do. Nobody's impervious to it. So Moses has his moment. And what happens is, is that it raises, uh, uh, he raises those and the sea begins to part. There's another little part of this that I think is very interesting. Is that the parting of the Red Sea and the crossing happens at night. Mm. Most people think it happens during the day, right? Right. But it actually happens at night. It actually happens through the night when they go through it. And actually, they get across to the other side when dawn is breaking and the sun is starting to come up. They see Pharaoh's army coming in the water, and that's when the water wall falls and engulfs all of them as well. Now, I, I think this is an important thing when we start making our way towards a home. And that is, is, that, is that a lot of times 
we're doing this. And if you've, you know, if you're a new parent or you're newly married or you're in a new dating relationship or you're at a new job or you're in a new town or you move to a new country or, or, or whatever new is, is, is in your world, a lot of time the transition happens in the dark when you don't have all your faculties about, you can't see everything. Mm. And, and there are different personalities that really struggle more so than others do. And it's not a matter of somebody having faith or not having faith. It's just some of us are data collectors and we want to collect all this kind of data. Well, Moses got to look up at a dark sky and you ever been out to the lake at night? I mean, mm. it's a different environment being around water because what it does is we're number one, we're, we're not made for water. Water is an incredibly dangerous place for humans who need to breathe air at every moment, right? And and in that darkness, it gets uh, sorry when you're when you're out by the water in the dark, you feel even more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is an important thing. And I and I want to say this to to those of us who are walking in our faith with God. We are so used to controlling all the environments why it's really hard to begin to look at the Bible from the Bible's point of view rather than our point of view is because we know we're not in control and we feel like we're out of water or we feel like we're in the water and it's dark. Mm. And, and I think that's actually what we genuinely do sense and feel as we're beginning our walk of faith. I'm here. I don't know kind of what to do. What, what is one of the, what, what, what is, let's think about the powerful process of coming to God ourselves, right? So we are adopted in as children of God, John chapter one, verse 12, right? We, to those, to as many as who believed him and received him, he made, he gave them the right to become children of God. You're adopted into a family. Well, thinking about foster kids, we have families in our church that are caring for foster children, wanting to be foster parents, all those kind of things, is that kid shows up and that kid has no idea. And you want to be really kind and gracious and welcoming. And, and you're saying, we're doing this because we love you and we care about you. Think about God. I'm doing this because I care about you and I love you and I want you to no longer be slaves and I'm going to bring you to a promised land but he makes the leader feel that feeling of being out there on his own. And he has the people feel that feeling of being out there and crossing in the dark. Mm. And it's when the light breaks, I don't think this is a metaphor. I think it's actually happened. That's when the enemy went away, but we have to trust God in the dark moments of our lives as well. And, and what I would suggest is that building, buying a house and then becoming a home we have those same feelings as well, which is why I think we as a country have that feeling of stuff's going on and I don't, I don't like it. I don't know what's going on, whether it's donkeys or elephants doesn't really matter. But you know, there are four years where people say, well, I didn't like what was going on there. And now there's years where people say, well, I don't like what's going on here. The general sense of a nation is we don't really feel like we're being told what's really happening. Mm. Okay, and I think there's some parallels to what happened with these people, because if you note, they start grumbling and complaining very fast. Now, think this out is, is that when they raise their fists in defiance to Pharaoh, it didn't take long for them to raise their fist in complaining to Moses. Right. Right. And and which is why Moses was put into a corner, not just at that water, but he was, he was backed into this own corner. And I think God allows us at times to be backed into this corner where we only have God that can lead us out. Mm. And, and, and I think that is one of the greatest inhibitors for people receiving Christ. And secondarily, once someone has received Christ, 
is growing in Christ. And what people like Jesse and I do is, is that we're, we're standing over on the other side saying, come on over, come on over. God keeps his promises. Come on over. God is faithful. Come on over. God will not forsake you. Come on over. God will not leave you homeless, even though right now you are houseless. If you think about it for a second, as they traveled through, there was an important thing that was going on. If you, We'll show this on, on Sunday, so make sure you tune in on Sunday. But the video or the, the map will show you is they went from Goshen in the north. They traveled down to the Red Sea. They crossed over then there into the Sinai Peninsula. They went down that, that edge of the Sinai Peninsula. So they kept the water near to them on the side. They could see where the water was because remember in Goshen, they were close to the ocean. They knew what was familiar. They kept walking. And by the way, there's a lot of mountains in the middle anyhow. So they're walking down. So they, they didn't go the easy coastal route. They're now going across the Red Sea, and now they're going along the Sinai coastal route, and they're going to come down to the Mount of God. Mm. And when they get to the Mount of God, which happens in chapter, so we did 18 before, in 19 and 20, it talks about as they're approaching the mountain of God. And it's a very, very interesting thing, is, is that when, um, when, you, when you come to that place, God gives the commandments and he says, you had houses, but you were homeless because you were slaves. Now I'm going to take you to a place where you're going to have a house and you're going to build a home and it's going to be a place where you belong. But if you want to use it like this, here are the house rules. Mm. But importantly, and I think this is so important to remember too, when you get to that cornered moment or whatever, is it's not like God is giving you a set of house rules that you're going to go, oh gosh, I don't want to be here. He's going to give you the 10 commandments that actually say, here's how it works really well in our house. We tell the truth with each other. We don't kill each other. We don't slander each other. We don't covet from each other. We don't lie about each other. We don't dishonor each other. We don't bring in multiple gods and, and confuse our home. We have one God and we follow him and we hold his name holy and sacred. So when God is bringing the people down to that mountain, he's going to say as the heavenly father, here's how we do home. Right. Here's how we do. Home. Very Go similar ahead. to like what you would do as a parent, right? Like it's yeah. not, you're not putting in rules just to put rules on your children. No. You're going, here's the things we do in our house to make sure we're healthy, make sure we're safe, make sure we are, uh, Mutually respectful. Well, yeah, yeah. And so work well together. It's, again, it's it comes down to, and this is something that people struggle with all the time, is oh, by, the Bible is just this giant set of rules, right? And I was talking to our youth group um, last night. We were doing our discipleship group in youth group, and they're like, you know, why do we have to read the Old Testament? And I'm like, because it gives you context, right? Like, Absolutely. you don't make best friends. If I had never met you before, Harvard, and I walk up and I'm like, hey, we're best friends now. Right. And all I know is what you do moment to moment with me. It's like, that doesn't help me anything. But as we are becoming best friends and having a relationship, we go, Hey, I don't really like it. You know, I don't really like these things. And here's a story from my past. And yeah. I get context around you. Then I actually have a relationship with you rather than just this totally. one way thing starting at a certain point. And that's what the Bible gives us. It gives us characteristics. It gives us um, rules that are for our benefit to live the best and healthiest uh, life. Right? Uh, absolutely. Think about this. When they were slaves in Egypt, they had rules there. 
but they were they were not free people. They were slave people, and the rules were don't, 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 don't. And what did they have? They didn't have relationships. They were simply slave number one, slave number five, slave number 400,000, slave number whatever. Right. Now he's calling them out to freedom, and he comes along the way, and, and along the way, and he says these things. Think about this for a second. Here are some really great ways to interact with each other when you're free. Honor your mother, your mother and your father. Do not lie to each other. Do not hate or kill each other. Do not covet from each other. Do not bear false witness or create strife among each other mm. and have a clarity about who I am as your God and I will guide you. And if you think about it, 10 commandments is a really short set of ideas. Right. Now, off of that, there were more mitzvahs that came afterwards because people said, okay, I want to honor my father and my mother, but what if my mother and father are not honorable? Well, now all of a sudden you have other ones that now begin to describe all mm -hmm. that. So God gives us 613 mitzvahs that incorporate the 10 and then extrapolate ideas because God was building that. If you thought it out for a second, if the state of Idaho only had 613 laws and we all abided by them, Wow. Right. We've got million, we, we have thousands of laws, municipal code and county code and state code. And so I think it's important. Remember when I said earlier is when we approach the Bible, one of the great mistakes we make is we try to we, we bring all of our culture to it. And we go, right. well, how does this fit with what I want to do? What the Bible does is gives us a fresh new look and says, what would it look like if you did it this way? Mm. How appealing that is. And I think it's an extremely appealing life. Absolutely. I agree. Well, I'm sure you're going to expand more on this on Sunday as we as we start up this new series, Finding Your Way Home. Um, I think it's just going to be really timely for people. People are going to start kind of winding down from summer, starting to come back to church as well, which we want to be part of that community, part of that home Absolutely. that you're creating, right? We, we, we are. The church is the body yeah. of Christ. We are that group of people that left Egypt doing it together. Yes. And so I think it's just a great time to be really thinking about what that is and how the church interacts with that and what you're doing to further your house to home journey. Amen. Right? Yeah, so that's right. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Make sure you tune in on Thursday. Um, Pastor Doug's got a special little um, special about critical thinking that's going to be debuting that he's really excited about. So we're going to be showing that. And then obviously on Sunday, um, join us as Pastor Harv shares more about finding your way home. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. Mm -hmm.